Hello, and welcome to episode 165 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Today's guests are Dr. Bob Nelson and Mario Tamayo. Dr. Bob is considered the leading advocate for employee recognition and engagement worldwide. He has worked with 80% of the Fortune 500s and presented on six continents. He has been featured extensively in the national and international media and has sold over 5 million books, including 1001 Ways to Energize Employees, The Management Bible, Managing for Dummies, and his latest book, co-authored with Mario, Work Made Fun Gets Done, Easy Ways to Boost Energy, Morale, and Results. Mario Tamayo is principal of the Tamayo Group, a no-nonsense, no-frills consulting firm specializing in leadership and organizational performance. With extensive experience in the human performance and organization development field, Mario has been training, coaching, and consulting with individuals and teams in leadership and communication skills since the late 1970s. Dr. Bob, Mario, and I talk about how to have fun at work, why fun is important, and what fun really means in the context of work. And along the way, they share lots of ideas for how to incorporate fun into your various work settings. So get ready to have some fun. Here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Dr. Bob and Mario, it is such a pleasure to have you on The Modern Manager. Thank you so much for joining me today. I know this is going to be a lot of fun because we are talking about having fun. Good to meet you. Good to be here. So let's just dive right in here and talk about what does it really mean to have fun at work? Because we've heard, you know, stories of Silicon Valley having ping pong tables and we work having beer. And my sense from reading your book is that fun is more than that. So can you just start off by setting the context of what are we really talking about when we're talking about having fun at work? Yes, uh, Dr. Bob here. And I would say you have already pinpointed a key element of this, this book and this topic. And that is fun is very, very varied from person to person. I, this is the biggest insight I had in the research for this book. I think of fun as, hey, when you're laughing, you know, what else is there? You know, and I, I quickly found that everyone you talk to has a different version of what fun means. My wife, feels something is fun with when she you know has the end of the day of work was it a good day well then that was fun other, other people's you know being able to have their dog with them or or to listen to music while they're working or or to have a great conversation it is all over the map so if you want to have more fun <laughs> be aware of that that it's it's not just your version it's everyone's version and tap into that and make that okay for everyone to express their own version and support what they do. And that actually gets very quickly to one of our key rules. Mario, uh, tell us what uh, one of our key rules about having fun is. Yeah, we call it the fun principle. And what we say is that make sure that it's safe and fun for everyone. Uh, Because one of the worst things you can do is try to make people have fun at something, some activity that they can't stand. That they don't value, or to have them be the, the brunt of a joke or a prank. We we are anti-prank because usually they backfire. They're 
maybe funny for a moment, but not to the person that you did it on. And and uh, now they're upset and, and you're in hot water. So uh, there's enough things you can do where you don't have to take, uh, have someone be the brunt of your humor. And you know, Mamie, one of the things that Dr. Bob and I were, were really uh, excited to see is one of your past uh, podcasts was with, with Ed Shine and they were talking about how to how to be how to learn no matter if you're the top manager and and one of the best things that uh, that bob and i can leave with you is you you, you got to learn about your people you've got to find out what they really want and need and then you got to deliver it to them well so let's talk about that more because you know i've led plenty of team retreats and team bondings and things like that and I do what most managers probably do, which is say, hey, guys, what do you think about doing a karaoke night or going rock climbing or going out for dinner? Which of these sound fun to you? But are there other ways that we should be asking our colleagues and our team members what is fun for them? Yes. Well, that's well, congrats <laughs> for that strategy of, of uh, you know, asking, you know, leading with uh, an ask and and I, I would say, make sure you loop everyone in. For example, one of the examples in the books, uh, the CEO uh, was, was sharing with me that, that he uh, comes up with things to do for team building, you know, for annual stuff for the, the staff. And it seems no matter what he, he came up with, you know, it didn't seem to go that well. <laughs> People really didn't enjoy it. They didn't look forward to it. Their, their, their spouse or their kids didn't want to come, you know. And, and he, he kept trying. And then he gave it to another executive to try with similar results. And finally, instead of you know pushing on a rope, he, he found a millennial in the company and said, hey, would you like to run with this? And they said, absolutely. And they use social media tools to survey people and, and find the best schedule and timing. And, and uh, they you know, voted on stuff. So everyone had a hand in it. And they picked the, the, the top uh, response and uh, you know CEO approved it. And they ended up doing a wonderful, it was like, one of these medieval shows and dinner and, and everyone loved it. The, the kids, the families, the executives, it was just a winner that, so he came at it from a different angle and it was more inclusive. And so, you know, tap into the ideas of others if you want to get this topic going. You know, one of the, one of the easiest things that anybody can do is form a committee, get a, get a good representation of the organization, get a cross-section of people. Fun committee. And, <laughs> yeah, fun, it's a fun committee, a culture committee. A lot of places call them. And even you know, when when you get real, real serious about fun, uh, you, you're going to find organizations that actually have VPs of fun. Yes, I, I was working with um, in Seattle a law firm, Perkins Coy, and uh, you know, talking about this type of topic, and and they created a happiness committee. It had five members. No one knew who any of them were. It was anonymous. But any one of those. People can say, "Hey, it's time to do something." You know, morale is slipping, or or whatever it was. Uh, and and you know, I, well, what would you do? I, I asked them, and they said, "Well, we, you know, downtown Seattle, we had a picnic up on the roof, and that was fun. And and then we uh, we bartered meeting space with the company in the next block over that was a limo company. So now we've got limo rides we can give people for different events, and on and on. It was just fun. It was creative. It was spontaneous. It was organic." And uh, get this, from the point I spoke with them, and they took off on this fast forward, they got it working, they got it in here, 20, uh, 18 months later, they entered the best places to work in America, number 23, Perkins Coy, a law firm. 
<laughs> so anybody can do this. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. If you can get a law firm to be having fun <laughs> like that, that's that's amazing. So I want to I want to break this down a little bit more because I'm hearing different ideas of what fun can look like, and I'm wondering if you have if you've thought about this in a way of saying like there's fun that we have just in our daily experiences at work, and then there's fun that we have that are like special occasions, or just another framework that you can give us for how we can think about the different kinds of fun we might experience. Sure. And there's a lot of different frames we can put on this topic. But one that we used in the book was to start with the individual for their own work, for tasks they have to do. And, and we all have, you know, rote and boring things we got to do. I don't care what your job is. You know, you got paperwork or, or whatever, things you don't want to do, uh, cold calls, whatever it might be. Uh, and then we talk about what a leader can do and then what a team can do. And then we talked, we, we started to get there already about what an organization can do, such as the fund committee and, and that type of thing. And so just to take on that first one, that that it, it really, <laughs> you know, if you want to have more fun, it starts with you. Now, don't wait for someone else to do it. <laughs> and And if you have, for example, if you have a task that you don't want to do, and you're dreading doing it, you can, uh, there's a lot of things you can do. You can make it fun by, you know, setting the timer for 20 minutes to see how fast you can do it, for example. Or you can, you can um, plan a reward for yourself. If I finish this thing, you know, and I don't, you know, don't procrastinate, I, I really make it happen. I'm going to take a break and go for a walk, or I'm going to have a snack, or I'm going to, you know, whatever, go shop online, <laughs> whatever it does it for you. And, and so it, there's a lot of stuff that we, we tapped into. I, I had one, uh, for example, one person told me, and, and uh, we, we learned a lot in doing this. I, one, one person said, you know, when, if you haven't heard it, <laughs> uh, Yo-Yo Ma performed box six sonnets, uh, and, and he did it straight for three hours for an audience of 8,000 people <laughs> in, uh, in Boston. And it's on, you can find it online. And she said, when I, when I hear that, it just, and it was like magical. It was like, my God was speaking through him. <laughs> and, and I play that when I'm working and I, I feel that I'm doing the same with my work. It's like, whoa, <laughs> that's, that's brilliant. And, and it's, it's so powerful. So people have, we've tapped into people that have, this is what they do and it works for them and it could work for you too. And some people we know of, they, you know, they'll, they'll turn their to-do list and they change it to a fun list. And what they've done is, is they change their mindset around it. And so they make sure that every, every day that they, they go to work on their to-do list, there's also something on there where they're going to have fun. And some people might have paper airplane contests. There's a company in Michigan called Pyramid Solutions. They have Nerf gun battles. In fact, when they hire a new employee, when they give them their, their welcome kit, they also hand them a Nerf gun and they say, uh, you're a new employee here? Yes, I am. Well, you're going to need this. And <laughs> at any time during a day, during the week, a Nerf gun battle will break out in the hallways and under and over people's desks. Aeon Hewitt reminds me of another example, Mario, that they give, actually give new employees on their first day of work, they get an energizer kit. It's a box <laughs> and it's got a it's got a water pistol in it, and it's got a bottle of Excedrin, it's got a stress ball, some other stuff. And they, they say, you know, we're going to work hard, but we're going to have fun too. And, and then they, they post on the person's uh, cubicle, 
a sign-up sheet for anyone in the company can for the next two weeks can take them out to lunch to help to socialize them. Things like that, just get, being thoughtful about it and, and tying people into the community and into the activity gets them in, in, in the groove. And everybody, everybody wants to have more fun, especially the younger generation, which currently the millennials make up the, the largest share of workers in America today. The largest generation. And let me tell you, it's high on their list, their priority list to have fun. Uh, in fact, uh, one person <laughs> described millennials to me as, as they, they view work as college plus a paycheck. They're going to still <laughs> they're gonna, you know, sleep when they want and, and do what they want, but I would get paid too. <laughs> so there's some truth to that. <laughs> Well, I love that you're talking about fun, one, as being something that we have control over. Right? We don't have to wait for our boss to make our work fun or wait for our team to have an outing. Like We can actually be in control of how much fun we have every day. And that fun could be the simple things like you're talking about. And I, I have totally rewarded myself with chocolate. So I'm already <laughs> on that bandwagon. And also, I love checking things off my to-do list. Like That satisfaction of just seeing it getting crossed off is like so motivating to me. And so it feels so good that I I put that in the fun basket and I will also add things onto my list that I've already done so I can cross them off. I'm totally <laughs> that person. Go. So there you go. You we could be interviewing you. <laughs> so so I know that I know that that this is, you know, taking a little bit of ownership and expanding our idea of what fun means and how we can make our work more enjoyable. I, I love this. And then the way that we can involve our team members, right? That it doesn't have to be this pre-planned, we're all going to go out to do this thing act together. It can actually be something fun in the workplace. It can be more spontaneous. Yes. And it, it doesn't have to be something that costs a lot of money or takes a lot of, of planning and effort. Hewlett Packard, for example, they would do a uh, along those lines. They would they would uh, every now and then. And Mara and I have done this. We in companies we've worked together on it. Did a popcorn lunch. Mm-hmm. Hey, let's all go to a movie. <laughs> and they, they take take a couple three hours off and go to a movie and have popcorn for lunch. And uh, you know, just um, just spontaneously. And wow, you know, <laughs> that's kind of cool. Bob and I did that when Jurassic Park came out. And what we did is we took our entire team to a paleontology workshop. <laughs> and we were gone for about three hours. And, uh, you know, it just boosts morale. People come back, they're laughing about it. And, and the neat thing is it, it creates a shared experience that people will remember and talk about as they go forward in the future. And they go home, they tell their friends, they go, you work in such a cool place. My boss never does anything, you know? And, and that just reinforces that, they're, they're, they are in a fun place and they want, hey, let's do more of that. Well, and it yeah. touches us more like beyond our work, right? Like things like that, there's an element of fun, right? Like going to a movie. But then there's also something like we did something cool that I wouldn't necessarily do for myself, right? If we get to go to a paleontology workshop, like what an interesting thing. If you have people on your team who are curious and, and lifelong learners, what an a, what a way to enrich their life in addition to building the relationship. So it, it feels a, like it's multifaceted. That's a great point you made. And in, in fact, another thing that, that we've done, and I, I've done it since then, Mario, uh, with mm-hmm. different employees I've had and, and company employees is like uh, during the holidays, giving every employee $50 cash and then asking them for the next two hours or next hour or so to go pick someone else in, in the group and go shopping with and buy something for yourself. 
because we're always buying stuff, you know, the holidays for other people. Buy something for yourself, then come back and, and say what you bought and why. And I tell you, it's, it's a powerful bonding experience. And again, the, it costs a little money, not really that much. It, it creates a memory that people are going to have forever. All right. So I want to shift gears a little bit because there is a section of the book that talks about <clears throat> recognition and bringing more fun into the experience of recognition. So, you know, as managers, we are, you know, we're good ones. We're saying thank you. We're showing gratitude. We're giving people the praise that they deserve. But we tend to have a, just a few pretty standard tools in our toolbox, right? Like a thank you note or saying something in front of the team meeting. But you go a lot farther than that. So can you talk a little bit about this, how, how to bring more fun into the process of recognition? Well, you 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 stepped in a deep river <laughs> for me. I did my doctoral dissertation on the topic of employee recognition and why we know it works, yet uh, some managers do it and most do not. 85% of employees today report that where they work, they feel overworked and underappreciated. So in fact, one of my one of my books I did 25 years ago is A Thousand and One Ways to Reward Employees, which is now in its 64th printing. So I got, uh, how, how long do you got? You know, <laughs> I could talk forever, but it, it's a lot of the same principles. It's got, you gotta, you gotta start with the, the willingness uh, to want to do it and, and then experiment with how to do it and what works do more of that and then tap into other ways people can do it. So, so again, a simple thing. You have a, a a meeting, and you could do this on Zoom too. By the way, people are saying, "Hey, we're you know, you could in face to face, you could do it uh, and say, hey, we could do a praise barrage.'" And it's a very simple idea that before we get started here, I like to go around the the group here, and as I point to someone, I like everyone else to share a hundred percent positive things about what you most like about working with that person. Let's start with John. Okay, now Mary, now Sam, and it'll take you five or ten minutes, depending on the size of your group. And I tell you what, everyone hears the, the validation of what they're working to do as told back to them by the people they're working with. They will, one, feel valued, and two, they will do those things, whatever you called out, even better going forward. <laughs> to see ourselves as other people see us is a gift that most of us don't get. And, and to allow that happen in a fun, simple format is incredibly powerful. Why, why will they do it again, Bob? Why will they repeat that? What gets recognized gets repeated. This is actually called the greatest management principle in the world. You get what you reward. Whatever you notice, whatever you inspect, whatever you acknowledge, whichever you thank, whatever you, you praise, whichever you reward, whichever you incentivize, which is a fancy way of saying, if you do this, I'm going to tell you up front what I'll do for you later if you actually make it happen, you'll get more of. Hands down, guaranteed, the most proven principle of management we have over 400 studies that says that is fact when it comes to human performance and human beings, fact. And by the way, it works in any relationship. It works for your employees, but it works on, with your boss too. <laughs> your boss, you got a customer in the building, the boss brings them over to introduce you. If you say something after, say, hey, that really meant a lot when you brought our, our new customer over and talk about what our, our area does. Thanks for doing that. Your boss is going to do it next time. He's got a customer in the building. You, you can train your, your boss to, to get what you, you want. that will make you a better employee for you and for him or her. So it's an incredible, powerful principle that still I find, and I've been talking about for 25 years, that 
that most people grapple with that they don't they don't uh, uh, they they know it's true they know people are important but they're not doing the things in their daily behavior to connect with people to thank them for catch them doing something right they they most managers get better at catching people doing something wrong you know and that leads to them you know driving their people away from them that they end up hating their boss and you know uh, I recently read that that uh, the average employee spends fifteen percent of their time at home complaining about their boss. <laughs> so other than letting off some steam, what good does that do? You know, anyone. It's sort of, wouldn't it be better to have uh, someone going home? You won't believe what the boss did today. It was great. He, he called me in his office and he said, hey, I just want to tell you, you've been doing a great job uh, lately. And I, I really like that proposal you did uh, last week. And the presentation yesterday was outstanding. I just want to tell you, I'm so glad uh, I hired you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> How often did you have your boss say something like that? Yeah, I, I can't even imagine what it would feel like for people if that was their daily experience or, the, or their weekly or monthly experience, right, to have that kind of acknowledgement. Let me tell you what it, what it does. It creates a magnetic bond between the boss and the people who work for them. And you have a better relationship. They work harder for you. And they think twice, three times about leaving to go somewhere else because they're probably not going to have a boss like that next job. <laughs> and they've never had one like that before. You think, for any of us, you think of the job, the managers, the best managers you've had in your, your, your career, there's maybe you know one out of every four or five that you say, this person was pretty good. Most of them, eh, no, they, they didn't listen. They didn't care. They didn't seem to have my best interest at heart. They constantly just focused on pouring more work on. They were critical in front of others of me, et cetera, et cetera. And with each time you do that, it's like a... It's like a death by a thousand cuts, you know? So everyone starts a job excited, want to do their best. But what happens after, you know, you start clicking away and then, you know, two weeks, two months later, they're already got a foot out the door. And with the younger generation, by the way, they got a foot out the door before they start work because they've got their resume posted on websites and they get pinged if someone looks at it. <laughs> so they're always looking for what's next and what's better. And so they're, they're constantly holding, holding up the, you know, uh, judgment to say, is this the, the environment? Is this the, the, the job? Is this the company that they presented themselves as uh, before I got here? And if it is, then uh, here we go. I'm, I'm all in. If it's not, ah, I, I had a, I had my my son uh, lives in Seattle. He just he just took a new job, and boy, he you know he got he got five offers. But uh, so you know, looking to pick the, the the job that works best for who he is and stuff. And he was very excited about this one, and and he went through four levels of interviews and talked to all the senior managers. And it was a five billion dollar company, by the way, so it was very successful. And, and there were stock options, and all this, and. He read Glassdoor reviews, <laughs> and five minutes later, there's no way he'll ever work there. <laughs> you know? it was the broken promises, the, the way you're treated, if you didn't uh, work till seven every night, you weren't considered being committed, on and on and on. It was like, oh my gosh, he was so thankful that, that he caught himself before he took that job. Wow. Well, and I'm assuming that no matter how much fun you bring into the office, if you're not treating your people well to begin with, that fun, it can't just be a Band-Aid on top of it. You can't be like, well, I bought you pizza today, so suck it yeah, up and work till seven up. every night. <laughs> Mamie, yeah. you, had, you hit on something very important for both recognition and fun, and that is it has to be genuine and authentic. Because yeah. if, it's, if it's not, 
then it's manipulative and it will go 180 degrees in the other direction. Now, one of the things I want to circle back here on one of the things that all of your listeners can do is, you know, send out a surveys, uh, give people many options to choose from. Pulse survey. For, 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 yeah, pulse survey for recognition and for fun. And the reason why that's so important is, is people need to recognize the value immediately, whether you know, when somebody's recognizing them or they want to have fun so they can say, oh, I'm all in here. And one very important thing we, we write about in our book is most of the effective ways for both recognizing people and having fun are either low cost or no cost. Yes. In fact, in, in our book, in, in the uh, Work Made Fun Gets Done, we have over 400 ways in there, 400 actual real life examples. And by the way, you know what? We're going to give all of your members this book. Bob, what do you think? Let's do it. We're going to give. And, we've and we've never gonna, done this before. Yeah. Here's a best practice. With you and your show. Yeah. Here's a best practice, Mamie. You have all of your members get that book and share it with their people and say, what in here do you like? Because if you like it, let's do it. And again, they're, most of them are free. And that could be a podcast by itself, just having people report out what they tried and what worked. And that I'm sure they have fun sharing. Uh, oh. So you're, you're absolutely right, Mario. I wanted, I, everything you say, I've got more to add on. Like, for example, <laughs> Wyndham Hotels, they have when someone joins their company, no matter what location, they, they have like a one page uh, kind of a preference sheet, they call it, that it's all about recognition. Let's say, what, you know, what's your what's your favorite food? Uh, do you have any pets? What are their names? What's your favorite flower? What, what you know, all these kind of seem like random things, but it's it's learning about the person and, and knowing that information, you can better thank them in a meaningful way. You know, and then that no matter where they work in the organization, their their manager has a copy of that and can then make recognition more personal when someone has earned it. And I recognition love that. should be should be earned. Don't don't just do it to be nice. Do it do it in response to performance because that will drive greater performance. You know, I mean, and and that's such a nice way to get to know somebody like their, their real preferences in a in a really fast kind of manner. And it sounds like that's also an approach you could use when you have a virtual team and you maybe don't get to have quite as many kind of side conversations, chit chats where you get to learn about them in an organic setting. But are there other things that we can do to bring fun into our virtual team spaces since, you know, yes. especially after the pandemic, we may or may not be going back into offices anytime soon? Well, for example, Hyatt Hotels, uh, virtually, they uh, a group there. They had they assigned praise buddies. So another person that's located somewhere else that they're they're given specific responsibility to keep tabs on that employee and make sure you you acknowledge things that they've done a good job at. And so it's like a secret Santa throughout the year, you know. But uh, just to to acknowledge their their performance, they also do uh, uh, they do photos of of everyone and, and uh, you know they share information about their hobbies, that type of thing. So they make that part of the agenda. And you can do a little bit of that each meeting. So you can you can start off and say, hey, this uh, before, you know, like as is per our practice, you know, just to get to know each other a little bit better, let's go around our group and everyone share your favorite movie and why. And, and take five minutes and you, now you know something a little bit more about someone and, and probably maybe someone else has the same favorite movie. Now you're building a connection there and the team becomes tighter and tighter. Here's, a, here's another good one, very popular. 
and that's pet intros. A lot of people have <laughs> dogs and pets and snakes and whatever at home. And so as part of their meetings, when they get together, they will actually put their pet on their lap and they'll introduce them. Home tours are another big thing where people will take them into their, into their um, person cave in their garage or they'll uh, take, yeah, take, take them into another part of the, uh, the house. In fact, one guy, this was in March, one guy had his Christmas tree st- uh, still up in March when he took the people on the home tour. So that, that served as a, a lot of laughs there. My, my wife's company in, in her, her Zoom call that, uh, of her group, they, they had everyone uh, share a, a favorite uh, vacation picture. And it was, it was very interesting. And, and one kid said, well, I, I took this job in the pandemic. I really haven't been anywhere. So he got creative. He used a Google 3D and he placed these different wild animals in his apartment. <laughs> and he was kind of cowering from them and stuff. It was a blast. Similar to that, people have done artwork. Where they, what, what they do is they say, hey, choose a piece of famous artwork, whether it's a painting or a sculpture. And we want you to reproduce that at home with objects there or, you know, you can use your own photos. And it was amazing how closely some people's version of the, the scream looked exactly like the scream. Or the irises, it looked exactly like the irises. A Lego did a, um, a contest with their employees to have their kids uh, do a, a cell phone video of their kids doing a talent of some type. They could be playing violin or doing magic tricks. And then they, they put them all together as a big... Uh, montage and, and shared it. Everyone loved it. These are these are such creative ideas. I feel like there's so much more to be said, but we have to start to wrap up. So oh, okay. I know. This we is have why to go on like this forever, Hurley. <laughs> this is why everyone just needs to get your book and all the members are now going to yeah. so that they can get even more of these ideas because there's so many good ones. So those are the dresses we get. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So all you members out there, you're listening, you need to send me your address per the instructions on the member site so you know mm-hmm. how to get a copy of this book for free and get all these awesome ideas. All right. So you know the show is called The Modern Manager. So can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person so fantastic? Yes. Let me let me do two really quickly. The first manager <laughs> I ever worked for, his name was Jim Reller. And I remember in like the first week, he gave me an assignment. And with it, he said, I could probably do this faster than you because I've done it a lot, but I think there'll be some learnings for you in this activity. And man, I've thought about that ever since because he was so right. And, and he, gave, he gave me the, instead of dumping work on me, he gave me the opportunity to learn and to shine really. And it, it, it was really true. And I've used that ever since with people that have worked for me. And the second one is about someone that, that uh, Mario and I know well, Dr. Ken Blanchard. I was at one point his uh, chief of staff and I would be with him when he was you know, packing to go on trips and with him when he's back and catching up and stuff. I remember one time he was going on an international tour. He's going to be gone for a month. And, you know, he would always kind of check in with me and say, we know, and then ask about my life and, and my aspirations, my family. And I had a son at that point, the one I mentioned that was just three at that point. And how's Danny doing? Oh, Danny's obsessed with trains, you know, and didn't say much more. Here, Ken's gone for a month. He comes back um, at his house with him as he's unpacking this one bag. <laughs> I don't know how he did that for a whole month. One bag. In the middle of our conversation, he pulls out this little wooden train that he got in Zurich for Danny. It's like, oh, holy moly. <laughs> I, I, I'd do anything for the guy. 
And, and, and for that reason, I, I worked for him for over a decade because he was constantly showing they had my best interest at heart for me, for my family, for my future. And it's hard to, you know, that's, that's a pretty powerful formula for any leader to have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you two quick ones, too. And uh, the first one, I guess uh, Ken taught Bob pretty well because uh, not too many people know, but at one time that uh, Bob was my manager. And Bob was the best boss I ever had. And I'm not just saying that. Why? Because he gave clear expectations and he recognized me early and often over the whole course of time. And the last thing that he did was he made things really fun. Now, this thing about learning is also near and dear to my heart. And I got to tell you, after a month or so working with Bob, I made a mistake. This was way back in the days when Spellcheck first came out, and I produced a, 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 an assessment, a leadership assessment, and uh, we printed uh, 10,000 copies and cost $25,000 or whatever it was. And then I realized that there was a misspelled word in there all throughout, and the word was manger. And instead of manager, Spellcheck did not pick up the missing A, so manger was okay. And I took that to Bob. I said, Bob, I, I got some bad news here. <laughs> I told him what happened. And he says, well, Mario, I, I look at it this way. Think of it as we just spent $25,000 on your training, on your learning. And I thought, well, that's a great way to put it. Great feedback. I learned a lesson there. He never made that mistake again. And I never made that mistake again. <laughs> the, the second guy, very quickly, was a guy named Raymond Doza. Ray was my manager way back in the 80s when I, when I did a wellness program for General Dynamics. And he was great. He was very clear. He said, make sure that whatever you offer our people, that it's the best possible program at the best possible prices. Give them the highest quality, deliver on our mission, stay in budget, and stay out of trouble. And I want to meet with you every two weeks. And he kept his word. It was fantastic. It was one of the, one of the best experiences that I had in having wellness grow and flourish at a defense contract. Awesome. Well, all of those stories, there's so much to learn from each of them. And where can people learn more about you and get a copy of your book if they are not a member? Since members, you can get one for free. <laughs> well, the book is, is you can get from any place that books are sold. So uh, Barnes & Noble or Amazon uh, or uh, my website. I've got a, a online store. My website is www dot dr bob nelson dot com that's b r b o b n e l s o n dot com thank you both so much for chatting with me today this was lots of fun <laughs> it, it was maybe we look forward to uh, talking with you again as you heard dr bob and mario are providing a free copy of their book work made fun gets done to every member of the modern manager community who qualifies to receive guest bonuses that is the most amazing gift to become a member, go to themodernmanager.com slash join and be sure to subscribe at the Sprout level or above. And if you work for a nonprofit or government agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. Again, the link is themodernmanager.com slash join. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration, and teams are at the heart of how we work. 
Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues, and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rock star boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.